0: Welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven. Joined alongside me is Brandon. And Brandon, why don't you go ahead and introduce the third person on today's episode. Third
1: person today, real special guest. I mean, all our guests are special, but this one, Kami Buku, all right? Joins us all the way from Canada. As Stephen pointed out before the episode, our first international guest.
0: We're taking oh. over the world one country at a time. Right We're going
1: now. across the ocean <laughs> and back because Canada is right up there. she's been a twitch streamer since april 9th of 2019 so getting close to that three-year mark she's an ambassador for dixper and artesian builds nearing the milestone of 2k followers on twitch getting real close so if any of you out there are twitch watchers make sure you'll give her a follow one of my absolute favorite content creators on the platform and i mean that completely sincerely and genuinely she's wonderful cammy how is it going today
2: Hi, nerds.
1: How are you? <laughs> so before before our show today, Cami had a one-shot Dungeons and Dragons uh, campaign, and uh, she she might be just exhausted from that journey. But uh, we're we're glad to have her.
2: true it's true very exhausting it's really hard to roll dice and talk at the same time honestly (laughs)
1: yeah no it's it's multitasking at its finest it's
2: just too much
1: (laughs) (laughs) um this is steven by the way i mean you guys talked a little bit before the show but this is a a formal Mm -hmm. introduction
0: yeah, I sh- I just show up to these episodes. <laughs> I barely know the guy. <laughs> we just met, actually, at a Starbucks. Yeah, yeah we met. Yeah, you said
2: you were walking over. So I assume you met on the street somewhere and then nah. just kind of... No,
0: nah, I was Bumble with friends or whatever. What? Is that what it is? Yeah, well, oh, yeah that's, that's, the thing. that's right. Bumble with friends?
2: <laughs> Bumble with friends. I was Not looking for people friends. with nice
1: Christmas sweaters. He was on there with one. Were it today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a holiday it's- episode. So hopefully you're enjoying
0: your (laughs) holidays. All right. Well, you want to tease the uh, topics of discussion here, Stephen? Oh, I got all kinds of teasing going on in today's episode. So uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is balancing a job, like nursing, with content creation. Then we'll talk about aspirations for content creation. Then we'll talk about being an affiliate and being a part of an ambassador program, and fun stuff like that. And then lastly, we'll play a world-famous game, and now we've spread it all the way to the great country of Canada. Movie critics must go. You read mm-hmm. the uh, the
1: game description, right? I think go- so, yes. Oh, it's it's world-renowned, <laughs> so I'm sure you've
2: heard of it anyways. But uh... Always. Play it every Friday night. You do? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we, I
0: know. <laughs> we told Cammie before today's episode that if if anything goes wrong the episode will just automatically delete too so a lot of a lot is riding on today's episode <laughs> definitely
1: yeah. well, we are hoping though cammy so all of our guests have been absolutely awful <laughs> at movie critics must go none of them have got a single one uh like so the way it works is whoever's closest wins the round none of them have
2: mm-hmm. gotten
0: a single one right so we could just be good oh. though that's like one possibility we might just be really good
2: that's I true cammy We'll see. I'm glad someone does.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Here. I don't believe yet, but we'll we'll see what happens. Results speak for themselves. They sure do. We got some time here.
1: All right, so let's let's toss it to you first here, because a, a big thing that we want to talk about, and we we talk about a lot, is balancing content creation with a work life. And you specifically mm-hmm. are a nurse, which is, I think one of the most taxing jobs of anybody that we've interviewed thus far. So I want to know first a little background on being a nurse. Was that something that you always wanted to do? Why did you go down that path?
2: Well, originally, like, when I was in high school, I kind of wanted to be a nurse because I just really wanted to help people, essentially. Like, back in the day, I really enjoyed people's company, and I thought, well, this would be a good way to – Help people, and I also thought it would be good to, I don't know, even just contribute to society and the community. Like, all roundedly, it just seemed like a good fit. So, um, I've been a nurse for about five years. Okay. I never had a specific specialty in mind, but I've worked mostly acute medical. So, I've done renal, uh, oncology, respiratory geriatric stroke and i was also a covid nurse for five months actually as well
1: what was that process like i mean if you don't want to go too into it i mean I, Mm -hmm. i understand but like that just from everything we've heard it seems pretty crazy what that process was like
2: yeah it's it's just a lot of you see a lot of people who were super sick that you wouldn't think would get that sick. And it was like randomly just a bunch of different people. And of course there was the short staffing issues. So it was a lot of work with a lot of, you have to be, you had to be so careful about your like protective equipment and making Mm -hmm. sure that it was all going on and off properly. And like, I don't know. It was very interesting. um, And it definitely kept me busy, but it was, it was, it was a time maybe is the right word for sure like it was definitely rough for a hot minute there so
1: (laughs) (laughs) and i want to talk about this more broadly but in terms of uh content creation during that time was it especially hard to you know be streaming as often as you wanted to or making youtube videos because i know that you do that as
2: well Mm mm-hmm it was honestly like streaming, I think, helped me not feel so overwhelmed at work. Okay. And I say this um, a lot to people who kind of ask about it. Because like you said, like, nursing's very taxing and you deal with people like all day. So why would you go home and want to deal with more people? But I just find with streaming that it's so, I don't know, everyone especially the hunt community specifically, I will say, is always just so ready to be kind and funny, and they take so much of the stress of the day and just make it better. Like, they Mm. just give me so much, and that's why I was able, I think, to work in the conditions I was working in and still able to stream at the same time because that was, like, that was almost my, um, not my vice, but my... uh,
1: catharsis release
2: maybe yeah Yeah, yeah. like it was just it was just a good way to let off steam while also still having fun and also still being able to work towards something that I really enjoy
0: yeah as well I definitely agree that during the pandemic I did a lot of live shows over on YouTube and that was definitely one of the ways that I was able to cope with things because Mm -hmm. living alone it was just a lot of time spent in isolation and it was nice to be able to say hey to some people and feel like like just seeing comments from people saying that they were struggling too made me feel a little bit less alone in the whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Definitely.
1: we we were really locked up during during. Uh, I mean, the thick of. Of COVID, we, we barely saw each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we would try to when things started to loosen up a little bit and once mm-hmm. we had a little more information on it. But there was a stretch there where we didn't see each other at all. Yeah. We went back to doing the podcast virtually because um, I used to live in Minnesota, so that was something that we had done before. So it wasn't, like, different per se, but it was just obviously those circumstances were, were pretty crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, like being in the actual front lines of it how i mean i'm here complaining about i feel like my my nine to five desk job that i work remote um but i can't imagine uh what it's like to do a job like nursing um which can be seemingly so emotionally mentally physically taxing how you Mm-hmm. you know pick up the energy for it and it's funny because your twitch chat you have an auto message that says you're trying to cut down on caffeine but i feel like you would be the uh oh, she drinks the- <laughs> 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 you'd be the prime suspect for a uh, caffeineaholic
2: oh god it's it's so bad like i don't know if it's just because i work nights like, I've, I've worked nights for years. I almost never work day shifts anymore. So I'm so used to staying up all night. So if I drink caffeine, it is literally from, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon to, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like, that's my caffeine window. And, yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't even know why I have that message in my chat. I gave up, like, a week after. <laughs> a week after it happened.
0: <laughs> like. All right. Wait, so that I can understand because – uh, like, Brandon and I work pretty standard hours, like nine to five. So can you walk us mm-hmm. a little bit through how your your weeks are structured in terms of when you work and when you do content?
2: Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, I don't have a specific position at my job, so I don't have set days or hours, which is nice, which is why I'm able to have set days and hours for my stream. So what I originally was doing um, is – Probably two or three, um, either 12-hour shifts or eight-hour shifts. So those are, for me, it would be 19, so 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., 1900 to 07, or 23 to 07, which is 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. So I just always have my stream days set to Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I work a combination of those and then try to – squeeze in video editing as well as taking a day off because apparently those are important, I've been told. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I'm really lucky that way. If I was working um, full time, which is two usually two days, two nights, four days off, I don't know if I'd have uh, the same kind of energy, honestly that I have because that is a you get 12 hours between your shifts and that's literally sleeping. Yeah. And eating. Yeah. When, when exactly time. do you sleep? <laughs> well, for me, I just, because uh, I only work nights, I usually sleep from like 8 30 in the morning to probably three o'clock in the afternoon ish most mm-hmm. days. Um, I talk to other nurses who have like kids and everything and they have to actually be up early. And I don't know. I don't know how they do two 12 hour days into two 12 hour nights and then have to like deal with all their adulting in the morning just to like maybe nap for an hour yeah. and then maybe go to bed on time. Like it's nuts. Like
0: be crazy. Oh. it does always yeah. blow my mind. People who like they, cause I think about sometimes I have such an easy life in the, in the terms of like my time is my time, but every single person that you add is just another variable in the equation. And mm-hmm. then like, I don't know how people find time to sleep sometimes. Well, one thing and this is,
1: Honestly, something I'd probably even uh, get advice from you on, Cammy, because you've been doing this streaming game for a while. One thing I feel like I've kind of, to be frank, fucked myself with is I have the scheduling that I've done with my streaming is like I have scheduled streams with four people, um, one of the days being an alternating day. Um, And so Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday – are always booked with at least one person. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like, you know, going from my nine to five straight into streaming with those people, I feel like I should have probably left my schedule a little more flexible. And I'm curious with you, I mean, you have your set days that you can stream, um, obviously, but... Do you, have you ever had set scheduled things with people weekly? Is that something you avoid just to give yourself the freedom? What are your, what's your take on that in general?
2: So how it works now is I'm almost running into a similar issue. Not in the sense, I guess, of where like I'm going to work and then immediately into streaming. But um, I have certain people that want to play on certain days Mm -hmm. and it's, it's so rough because those days that you don't want to do it, you feel like you're letting everybody else kind of down. Cause yeah. like they're, especially if they're streamers as well, cause then now they're down a person, especially in hunt when most people do trios right or whatever. So they're down a person, but um, I have done the whole scheduling thing actually, where it was just flexible the whole time. Like I announced my schedule every week, the days and the times I didn't have a set schedule. Um, And I think, honestly, that was more stressful than having a set one because I'd have to go in and figure it out. And then it felt like those days were set more concretely because I would announce it. Whereas if I have days now where it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays, if I have to change one, it's an easy like, oh, I'm changing it to this day. It's not a like, oh, hey, I scheduled the stream for this day, but now I'm going to cancel it and move it to this day. And it's just it's just it feels easier to move things around with a set schedule. I think like.
1: No, that's, that's a good point. I, and I'm curious, we, we did the super millennial show, which Mm -hmm. was I think probably your most collaborative project. I definitely felt a sense from you that like having to rely on other people to show up to record a sketch was something that added a little more stress to your overall content creation process. Do you think maybe even like a way, a, a part of the reason why you might've shifted away from that format was you just wanted to be able to rely on yourself and be
0: independent. Yeah. That's like it. the only thing I, I like the social component. I love like talking to people and getting to know people, hmm. but yeah, I don't like depending on other people. That's why specifically seeing you all with Twitch and, and scheduling things out. I think it's really cool because you actually, for the most part, I, and, and I, I, I want to dive into this a little bit, more but it seems like a lot of people are pretty respectful of each other's time like in the community it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like a lot of people bail but i don't actually know so the the thing i wanted to ask is so Cammy, i kind of have an idea as to how brandon meets people through twitch but if you could just walk me through a little bit on what your experience has been like uh like meeting people that are a part of the community and then Mm -hmm am I right to say that people are respectful of people's time or has that not been your experience?
2: Um, If, sorry, if they're a uh, fellow streamer, very respectful of time, like very like on point with it, I'd say most of the time, or they let you know very much ahead of time if something's changing or if it might change even, which is super nice because then you can have a backup kind of on standby. Um, Although to be fair, most of the people that I've met and play with that I've met through Twitch, they're actually all pretty good. I don't know if they're used to Twitch and the community. So they understand that like time is very time and organization are like not only the number one enemy, but like your number one best friend, like to be a Twitch streamer. And most people seem to understand, which is nice Um, to go back to how I guess I've, met people on twitch it's very weird (laughs) like it's you pretty much meet someone whether you are you just happen to pop into their stream maybe a friend of yours recommends them maybe they heard about you through somebody else or whatever um i find most of the time you either have like a connection with that person and you know you want to play with them and you know you want to um get to know them more or you're pretty aware I think pretty quickly if that's going to be someone you're probably going to get to know better or if it's someone you're just going to kind of see around Mm -hmm. um but I don't know you meet like a lot of people if you're in certain game communities on Twitch for sure
1: yeah one the way that we met was we had a mutual like friend streamer uh silent murmur shout out to to her she uh I think had cammy raid me once or like suggested that cammy raid me and uh i think i was doing I my batman my batman bit Hi. and uh, what
2: Sorry, no i'm sorry you go i'm remembering the batman bit I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> so i was doing my batman bit and uh i think it, it left a good impression on cammy as you can tell by her giggles but um from then i think both of us, I, like, I, I think, reciprocated a follow and started checking out her content. And definitely there is that, uh, you know, that Im- you get an early impression of, like, oh, I think that we'd vibe together well. Which, for me, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like there's a reason why Cammy and I have played together quite a bit since that time. Like, we had a, for those who don't know, we had a Twitter beef. Um which was pretty outgoing. intense still kind of ongoing it's you know we haven't we haven't had as much uh animosity towards <laughs> each other as of late but just like <laughs> i felt like cammy was someone as a content creator who could really uh i mean honestly surpass my energy level in terms of what i bring to the content space and i think that was a testament to you know when you looked at oh now they're playing together a lot it's it's just so easy for that to happen
0: Wait, can I, let me ask another question mm-hmm. on, uh, on that so when you when you say this are, are you saying that it starts with you watching each other's twitch streams like you're browsing you see the person's twitch stream and then you just kind of like their energy as a person you start messaging them is that kind of where it originates from for me i would i would say so like
1: it not that i necessarily try to avoid anybody in particular but i get a general sense of like You know, if this person's, like, a super sweat, they're super serious all the time, like, they really care about being really good at the game, it's not even that I don't respect them. I respect the hell out of how they approach it, but they're probably not going to like playing with me because (laughs) I like to goof around and make jokes. Like, I can have good games. What? What are you going to (laughs) say?
2: I was just going to say I still remember when I think it was the first time we played, and I think – I can't remember who it was with, but I was – uh i was in a high elo at the time and the person we were playing with was high elo at the time and halfway through i think two hours and you went yeah i gotta stop memeing i'm not used to this high <laughs> elo because yeah. kept, they kept trying to axe people and i'm like uh they they can headshot you running at
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, we were playing with daily hunt clips who's got uh
2: oh that's right yeah
1: he he does a video um page on like all hunt streamers and stuff, and gets their highlights and stuff. So yeah, both of them are really good at the game. And I w- I had been playing with like lower elo people, so I was doing like crazy axe things, and it's really fun. But when you it's get really against-
2: fun and cool, but yeah, yeah, when you get against
1: better players, you better be able to aim because if you run at them with an axe, you're pretty much fucked.
2: So- Got it. Yeah. yeah. So I had to adjust. You can, but yeah, it's more of a you have to be very strategic with uh, uh, melee weapons. Right. When you're playing a higher ELO, whereas a lower ELO, which I play all the time because I, you know, some days you're just trash and some days you're a god. But um, some days you can run at people from like 30 feet away and they'll just click at you. And then other days you uh, can't even turn a corner (laughs) because you just die. So
1: yeah, there's definitely that like adjustment of play. So bringing it back to deciding who to play with, like that might even be a thing. I I might even like, I've had times where I've, thought about okay what's my schedule for the week what days might be sweaty and what days can i take a little bit oh, of a break no. um yeah. because i don't want to be sweaty all the time like sometimes i want to sing toxic in proximity chat while i run at somebody with an axe and be able to kill them so that my chat
0: laughs at it you know and some people are just like no like this guy's not taking it serious
1: right like some people don't want you on open comms like they want you to be Mm -hmm. really quiet the whole time and so they can listen and like sit and wait and they play very serious uh...
2: i
0: I would be some people's worst nightmares then. (laughs)
2: like that's pretty much i think how we're i think we're all the same boat at that point (laughs) like the people that are really serious like really want to listen and really want to like be just the sneakiest like hunter in the bayou or whatever like they're not they're probably not gonna have that much fun with someone who's like screaming running around right like setting off all the sound traps and just open calming every single thought in their head
1: so (laughs) i mean to go back to that first time we streamed together uh me and daily hunt clips both died and for the next like 25 minutes i was like i'm a really good res and i was in a horrible <laughs> position <laughs> like someone who's taking it really seriously might not have laughed at that like I'm like shut up i'm trying to listen to the teams that are coming in but obviously oh, I, gosh I kind of had a vibe with cammy that yes she does take it she's really good and she might take it seriously at times but she also has a good sense of humor and can like play off of that pretty well
2: yeah it went pretty that was a pretty fun game yep. still almost kind of got him
1: You had a couple nice headshots. That was nice.
2: I got, I got two of them. You know, and then the bounty team pushed out with dolches. It was fine. It was fun. I had a good time.
1: (laughs) Um, is there anything else you want to ask about this specific balancing
0: of things? No, I actually I wanted to ask uh, regarding your your goals because being in the nursing profession, it's obviously it's something that's very noble. It's something that that a lot of times people do that profession because they seek a purpose within it. It's not necessarily something that, uh, on paper, you're going to be the the next Jeff Bezos. It's more like you're actually really helping the world. And then you've also got this thing where you're doing streaming, which is also something that a lot of times people create content because it's something that where they feel a lot of purpose within it. So one of the things I wanted to dive in with you is what are some of your goals and aspirations from streaming and then i also want to hear a little bit about how the nursing side of thing plays into this but let's just start first with your goals and aspirations from streaming
2: my streaming goals are so uh difficult to even uh like convey because i have this idea in my head where i don't want to set a goal and then not achieve the goal and then be sad because i didn't achieve it like in the time frame like i wanted to achieve it so I suppose it's very vague, Um, but my goal right now is streaming is mostly just to make sure that I'm doing what I've always kind of done and giving people, like, a safe place to come to that's still positive. We still have our days, like, you know, everybody gets mad or everybody has bad days or whatever, but um, I think it's just to stay true to what I've always kind of wanted out of stream like obviously there's the goals I have that everybody wants which would eventually like you know to be partner or to like if I was playing hunt like there's always cry Tech partner like there's always all these things to um achieve in general but for myself I think it's mostly just to keep on keeping on and stay true to kind of who I who I want to be as like a content creator and a person really
0: Why why is specifically the idea of of creating a safe space important to you?
2: I think with video games, uh, and especially... I wasn't into the PvP scene that much probably up until a year and a half ago. I didn't play PvP games, like, at all. And I just find there's a lot of toxicity in PvP games, which I don't think is anything new. And I just know even just from from my job and just obviously being aware of uh, big ticket issues in society, that there's a lot of streams and a lot of places where they're not necessarily safe for everybody to be, whether it's mental health issues or LGBT issues or whatever it might be. Um, there's just so many places that aren't safe. And so I just want to make sure that even if only a small amount of people find it, that there's still this little corner corner on Twitch that is still really welcoming and still just wants everybody to be safe and kind and happy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I will say you, you do a really great job of like, it's, I, I even, we got into a game with, uh, Madam slips who we played with a couple days ago and immediately got into some matches with people who are being extremely toxic, um, over voice chat. And I felt like, you know, I, I think, there's one thing to like, ignore it and move on. But I think even in in the heat of that, you were like, "This is part of the problem." Like, those are that's a team of random people. They weren't like a group playing together. It's a team of random people, and part of the problem is nobody on that team was like, "Hey, dude, shut up, stop saying this stuff." You know,
2: yeah, one egg demon actually, pretty sure.
1: Yeah. So I just mm-hmm. like I I appreciate that about you too. I feel like you know, you can take the approach of, I'll just move on, just focus on the happy-go-lucky part of it. But I also think part of what I aspire to do and what I am inspired by you on is I feel like you you address it. Like you'll, mm-hmm. you'll talk about it and how, you know, that's not okay, which I think that you know, might be difficult to do, maybe even make some people uncomfortable. But I think that's the most conducive for creating a safe, inclusive space is like, Hey, I'm not going to ignore or neglect that this stuff is happening. Rather, I'm going to address it and like take a stance for something.
2: Yeah. 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 I think it's, I think it's important to like, you don't have to take a stance on everything. It would be exhausting. To publicly i think take a stance on everything but i think especially um gamer streamers who are gaming it's kind of important to just address like either hey this isn't good or spend a couple minutes being like this is why it's not good like this is why i don't believe in it and then just to like move on after and not have it defeat you for like the whole day is also like really important too
0: right
1: yeah because i mean we are just people that are going online and playing games and stuff. But there is also, mm-hmm. you know, we're creating entertainment for people. And and uh, I think that's one thing that I've thought a lot about, at least recently, um, is how much of myself am I bringing to my stream? Because there are definitely times when I'm feeling down and out. But like, how much of that am I vulnerable with? And how much of it is, am I just like, I need to be a rock, you know, for my community, like yeah. entertain people and have a positive environment for people to to hang out in. And I know that mm-hmm. you have talked a lot about paying attention to your energy in videos. You're not getting that mm-hmm. instant gratification with, you know, a live stream. I mean, you do some live streams, obviously, mm-hmm. but with the videos, um, is that something that you're mindful of as well? You know, you care about your privacy, you do want to have high energy. Is this something that crosses your mind?
0: Specifically the high energy part of that? Just like
1: how much of like, if you're going, if you're down, if you your energy's down or whatever, like how much do you feel like I have to, to put on this?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the making YouTube videos, the value in it is that if it's a recorded video, I can choose when I'm going to record it. Mm-hmm. So I can say, I'm not having a good day. Let's not record today, but there's been some times where I tell myself, no, this is getting done today and I'll have to psych myself and to get into this zone to be able to record right at that moment in time. And it's not always super easy because even though I think I can be a solid actor, I will say I have a tough time just faking overall happiness on video. I feel like usually it bleeds into the video and you can kind of tell Mm -hmm. on uh, how I'm actually feeling. So sometimes I'll even make content that sort of fits that mood. So sometimes if I'm feeling a little bit deep and introspective and and maybe a little down in the dumps, I might find a way to sort of weave that in to the type of content or find a way to, to take a comedic side of it. Like, man, I'm feeling kind of depressed. I guess I'll just be extra goofy in this one. and try (laughs) trying to dig myself out of it. Like I'm almost, almost uh, trying to make myself feel better in real time. So Mm-hmm. in live streams if i'm really not in the mood i'll either definitely do the live stream to hope that I did, it gets me out of it or definitely not do it because i know like this is not the day to be doing a live show yeah
2: mm-hmm. i feel that it's very like the much. hardest part when you have low energy and you're trying to just like you're like okay i'm streaming today and you're just like dragging yourself to your computer like you don't want to do it but you do it anyway and like mm-hmm. it's so hard some days
1: yeah Well, I will say, too, it is nice with a game like Hunt where you can have other people um, to help pick you up. Because one thing I do like to do, um, and I know you've played games like Resident Evil and and stuff that are more solo-based. I do like to have that as a part of my channel. I don't want Mm -hmm. to set a precedent of like, oh, I... I'm always going to need to be with other people when I'm streaming. But I will say that on some of those days where it gets tough or you're tired or you're down, there is uh, sort of a, um, a safety blanket of sorts by having other streamers who either might be going through a similar thing or they're like on you know cloud nine just like having a great time so they pick up your spirits you know that's Mm -hmm. that's super valuable
2: who you play with is very important yeah i said this like a long time ago like who you play with like sets the scene for not only how you end up feeling during that stream or recording or whatever it is but it also changes how viewers are going to um how you're portrayed to viewers, like, as well. Like, if you have someone, if you have a group of three people playing Hunt and they're all having, like, a shitty day and all they're doing is complaining the whole time or just, like, not, or just yelling and not having a good time, that sets the whole mood. Right. And it changes everything. Whereas if you have one person and the other two are just, like, messing around, it slowly almost brings that person into it and changes everything. So I think I think that's another thing, like... Not to like derail the conversation, but um, I wish more streamers took into account the kind of people they play with. Yeah. Because I don't think some of them realize the uh, effect it has on them and their stream.
0: Yeah. I give you guys major props on streaming with people that maybe you don't know super well because Mm -hmm. in my experience, I've done some random Instagram live streams with some people and just kind of hope to maybe, ah, maybe this person will be good to do an Instagram live stream with, but it's a real thing that sometimes in life you just don't have good chemistry with someone and it just doesn't matter. Like I think I can hold a conversation with people, but there's some people that even if I can hold a conversation, it's not a good one. It's not one that anyone should want to listen to.
2: (laughs) Yeah. you're holding up the whole like end of the conversation my favorite is playing with someone and you're trying to talk to them and they like refuse to talk to you because they're either like mad at you or upset about something and you're just like i'll just talk to myself i guess it's fine <laughs>
1: like have you had so any good. of those really awkward moments on stream
2: yes yes not so much in in hunt but when i used to play dead by daylight
1: oh geez
2: I don't really want to go into it too much. We yeah, all know yeah. the day <laughs> day, like, community. We all know that they're, <laughs> they're yeah. fine. But, uh, yeah, there was definitely, there's definitely been some times where I've, like, asked a question and nothing and then, like, asked again. And it's been, like, a minute and a half and I'm, I just, like, mute myself and I'm like, okay, Chad, I guess it's just us. <laughs> like,
0: Right. Wait, do people ever just get pissed yeah. off and just, like, go off and say horrible things <laughs> when you're playing with them? <laughs>
2: Not like tos stuff, but definitely, uh, I've definitely had people get mad at uh, a game we were playing and, and go off and I had to like deafen myself because I just didn't want to listen to them yell for a couple minutes.
0: You haven't so, had to do uh, that with me, have you?
2: I think so. Actually, every time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could see brain again pretty mad, definitely.
1: <laughs> I So one thing that I'm actually investing in is a pedal for Push to Talk mm, because- yeah. I don't even realize that I'm on comms. you like the... What?
2: <laughs> Nothing. We're just both making expressions that you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there's been times where I'm like, I need this push to talk thing because I don't mean to do it on open comms. I'm getting pissed to, to myself and mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> and obviously, if I'm on <laughs> open comms, they can hear me spazzing out. I actually had the other day... I was playing with I am Ghost Owl, who I hope we get on the show at some point. But um mm-hmm. I got it kept desyncing me through a window and it was I was going out the window and it was teleporting me back in and so I was like, This fucking window and and then he's like Be quiet, I'm trying to listen And uh it was just like a little moment where we got caught in the emotion of things, but it was but yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm aware of you know my uh, little rage things. it's not my favorite thing that I do, but i'm that's why I want to invest in just some equipment that'll help out with that. I can't,
2: I can't believe you pissed off ghost owl wow yeah monster
0: the the nice guy <laughs> that he is the nice guy that he is, yeah, how do you both feel about other types of content since you both are your your main priority is twitch how do you both feel about? YouTube, TikTok, and the rest of it? Do you find it's difficult to squeeze that in? Have you found a lot of value in it up to this point? What are your thoughts?
2: I wish I could get more value out of other media platforms. I tried on TikTok for a little bit, but TikTok's algorithm also uh, makes me upset. So sometimes I don't necessarily go there. Like My main ones right now are probably Twitter, uh, YouTube, and then Hover uh, as well. And I'm getting tiny bits of value out of them. But honestly, at this point, it seems like my Twitch is mostly funneling people to those places. Not that those places are funneling people into Twitch, which is what I wanted. I almost wanted it to be opposite. Although Twitch to YouTube is fine because they're kind of similar. Although I heard YouTube doesn't like people promoting their Twitches anymore. But... I don't know if that's necessarily true. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, because, I mean, they're not yeah, they're competing with the streaming mm-hmm. game a little bit. So
2: Yeah, yeah. I heard they just don't like it if you mention it in your videos or something weird. But, like, I think it's stupid. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Yeah. That's my experience with it. Uh, anyway. What
1: about Hover? Because that, that's something I downloaded recently. And I know that
2: mm-hmm. one thing
1: I do want to mention, you're part of uh, a competition right now for Next Top Streamer.
2: I was, but I did not what? make it this next round today, which is fine. Which is fine. They had like, um, what did they have? They had like a thousand entries, oh, or wow. something like that, and they had to pick thirty-two people. So, but it's kind of nice because I watched it today. I watched the eliminations today, and I learned like a decent amount for what I want to do. They do it every three months. They do a next top streamer competition uh, thing, so it gives pe- lots of people opportunity. Um, Hover essentially like. I almost, it's, a, it's pretty much like gamer talk or Twitch talk. Like most of it is clips and videos from Twitch that people have edited and they have a minute maximum, which is the clip limit for Twitch, uh, obviously. And it's just a really nice way to like go through and find other Twitch streamers who are doing funny things or even just like everybody on there knows that people posting are from Twitch. So, it's very Twitch integrated, um, which is what I honestly really like about it. The dev team is awesome. They do competitions every week. They do their top 16. Science so love themes like jump scares or um, funny moments or rage moments. But you essentially you upload a clip into their competition. You have a chance to win. Uh, in November, if you won one, you'd get uh, $250. And then the runners up would each get $100, I think it was. So, there's actually a cash money prize to winning and it's just fun it's just fun to interact with other people who kind of have the same goals Mm -hmm. and the same uh aspirations i guess as as you do yeah as a streamer
1: as far as me i i wouldn't say that i've really seen any I've, i've seen a i've had a couple specific instances where people on tiktok have said they like my tiktoks and then i find them in my stream um but it's also like The thing i've been struggling with lately is like the people that are seeing my tiktoks or whatever are just other streamers which is Mm -hmm. fine like i'm cool meeting other streamers and stuff but when it comes to like building an audience like there's a difference between streamers and viewers you know and so it's like uh I, i i wonder if this it's just this like the cyclical thing of I'm a streamer, I see a streamer's content, the streamer sees my content. And I guess it could lead to like you playing together and then your communities like intermingling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there is also like, I'm just showing my stuff to other people who are trying to grow as well. So it's not like yeah. we're necessarily building an audience out of those things. It's just like we're meeting other people who are all trying to do the same thing. Do you, I don't I know mean, if we'll you experience both-
2: that. Most people, if you if you if you were to ask most viewers if they stream or have streamed, they'll probably say yes. Mm-hmm. There's like millions and millions of people on on Twitch who stream, and I think um, it's like good and bad because they then understand the value of like active chatting or uh, leaving a lurk. Or whatever it may be, but it's also bad because yeah, they're trying to also grow themselves. Right. Right. So, I think that's always going to be the plight of streamers, no matter, no matter where you go, is right. that um, you're trying to grow, but everyone else is trying to grow too. So, yeah. Um, I have had a couple people from Hover actually come over to my Twitch that uh, didn't stream themselves, so they were strictly viewers, which was kind of cool. Nice. But. Yeah, it's it's always the issue.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's value in having the different platforms. I just think that maybe it's a little overrated when people say that you should be spending time on things other than your main focus. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should probably be hyper focused on your main thing. Experiment a little bit. So maybe let's say like it's ninety percent your main thing, ten or twenty percent uh, experimenting with some other things, just so you're up to date on what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and just so that if the one thing you really focus on for whatever reason goes under and nobody cares anymore, at some point yeah. it, there there's value in the other stuff. I just think probably only worry so much about it down the road. That's my been my experience up to this point, I might yeah. change my mind on it, but that's kind of where the data I have up to this point is making me think.
2: Yeah, I think also, too, um, people say that to differentiate because you want multiple income streams. Technically, if you're going to make streaming or content creation like your main career or income, that it's good to be split up. So there's different sources coming in than just relying solely on one. But once again, it's still very difficult. And I don't know the actual um, value you get out of being everywhere all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think um, one thing, too, just analytically speaking, I mean, you'll look at, like, like there are a couple streamers on TikTok that have, like, hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok, and then I go to their channel, and they've got, like, 600 followers on Twitch, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, this is, like... Such a fraction of an audience that has, and they're they're like advertising their
0: Twitch on their TikTok. I, I thought you were gonna say like like at least like nine thousand followers no. or something. I, I've I've seen <laughs> hundreds of thousands dwindle too.
1: down to like a couple hundred followers, or maybe it gets up to the K's, like one K, two K, whatever. But I'm just like, wow, like th- it makes you think because it's like just like you said, how much effort should you really be putting putting into these peripheral platforms because how how easy is it to really pull people from this thing who may not even watch twitch at all to be like Mm -hmm. hey i know that you follow me on tiktok but could you come over to twitch and and support me there is you know i i think that's that's one thing i've been trying to be more conscientious of
2: and always good to have at least a couple others I think uh, I think the main message is mostly those you don't have to be on everything. Like you know, you don't have to be TikTok, what is it? TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Well, there's another one. I guess hover would be one. Like you don't Facebook. have to be on absolutely everything. Facebook gaming. <laughs> yeah,
0: MySpace. <laughs> Friendster. My- Whoa.
2: <laughs> We're going but- way back. Okay, okay. Let's name all of them. All well, we, of the
0: social media. We did media Bumble with ever. Friends. Bumble like, we with t- Friends, you can meet your oh, friend. True. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, I promote that's my so Twitch channel on Bumble with Friends. Hey, I'm uh, looking for uh, a podcast co host. Tinder?
2: Chicago. <laughs> Tinder, yeah. <laughs> Tinder, yeah. just put it in your Tinder profile.
1: Yeah. That's how you get them.
2: Yeah, really so you get the ladies
0: yeah the ladies (laughs)
2: ladies
0: (laughs) well since we are talking about some some business things um i've heard a little bit about you being an affiliate and being a part of some ambassador programs can you walk us through how you got started with that
2: so both of them messaged me so um i i don't have a lot of experience with reaching out to companies to, um, ask them about their ambassadorships or their, uh, affiliate (laughs) ships, partnerships. But, um, for one of them is Dixper and that's the, the interactive, uh, interactive software you run while you stream. So people can throw up skills that essentially make you stop in place or a jump scare or a sound or whatever. Um, and, being an ambassador is really, it's really cool and it's really interesting because you pretty much have like direct contact with the devs of whatever you're, you're in. So like with Dixper, I have, I learn a lot about what's coming out before it actually comes out. Um, so I can get kind of excited and help promote them that way. They're very good at sending support back. Um, Artesian Builds, I just became a, uh, I guess, affiliate for them like I think it was three weeks ago I don't think it was that long ago um and I I just I don't know I love them I just it's very therapeutic to watch they build computers on Twitch right and it's very therapeutic to watch them and they're just like very very kind and I think the one thing I would say about any ambassadorship or affiliate ship you get with someone is make sure you like the company that you're connecting with, I think it's really easy, especially when you're smaller and you're trying to pursue it. Is that you pursue everything or you say yes to everything? And I think it's really important to just connect with with the uh, companies you want to be a part of.
1: Mm-hmm. So you do you feel it's a similar approach to you know how you talked about you know being calculated about how you play with even is mm-hmm. a similar thing to like choosing to be a part of like an ambassador program of like I. You actually look into their product or you look into what they do and decide, yeah, this is something that I think I want my name to be beside.
2: Oh, yeah. Like I both both of them, when they reached out to me, I spent a day actually researching both of them to see uh, what they were about, like what what I would get out of it, what they would get out of it. Um, And yeah, it's just. Yeah, I guess I'm just I'm just very logical about it.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. I haven't myself done anything like that, but I know that you have, people have reached out to you to be an affiliate or ambassador with that kind of stuff. So do mm-hmm. you have a similar thing where you're like, I got to research this stuff before yeah, I go into it.
0: Yeah. I always just, I research things and then I'll get, cause like there's just a lot of, I, I think this is the, the part that I find to be difficult is I'm not the world's most trusting person. I feel like Brandon definitely Mm -hmm. knows this. So when I get people who just reach out to me about things like, hey, do you want to be on this Netflix special or something? Like I've had like some very just like random messages and like maybe some of them are real and I'm like, no, get out of here. I don't want to do this. I don't know, but (laughs) it's hard to know sometimes because there's just so much garbage that shows up in my Instagram DMs or my spam emails. So I think that one of the most complicated parts is just figuring out what's real cuz i don't i i don't know instagram's yeah.
2: hard it's the worst for i think scam affiliate partnership stuff
0: right Yeah.
1: did, did you use uh when you streamed you use obs or you use streamlabs
2: obs baby okay.
1: cuz i know that streamlabs i used to use streamlabs um mm-hmm. i i switched over to obs recently but um I know that stream labs will have like people they'll like offer you affiliate programs or ambassador stuff. Have you ever experienced any of that? Like where it's not them reaching out to you directly, but like through some sort of platform you're it's like, we got this connection for you or you can get 15% off. Have you had I'm that? Always,
2: I, I haven't pursued anything that I've seen like that. Um, so I don't, I don't have a lot of experience with that side of things. I didn't even know they were doing that. To be fair, because oh. I used Streamlabs when I started as well. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I have a lot of say on that, that subject. I'm always very suspicious of when they're just like, everybody enter into our ambassadorship. Right. I don't know. I'm always very suspicious. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been asking all
0: uh, a- anyone who has been doing Twitch, who's come on the show, I've been asking this question, but. Uh-oh. since since you've been um on Twitch obviously there is there is the financial component where you start to make some money off of Twitch. Have you found yourself having to change up your content or overthink your content or cater towards anything specifically because you know that there's some financial benefit that comes with it?
2: I probably should have done that. <laughs> 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 I probably would have been smarter. But uh no, I've uh the only thing i think about my content that i may have uh done specifically to help with growth or financials was probably just mostly have a one main game when uh i do in my spare time play like quite a variety of things but that's probably the only thing where i was like maybe i should just if i want growth and i want to see um like viewer growth financial growth follower growth and it's probably better to stick with one game but no actually I like I said that would have been a smart idea to actually switch (laughs) up the content to what people actually wanted and not just what I wanted to do but yeah, here's where we are okay
1: (laughs) well yeah a lot of people on my channel have been requesting more nudity so I think I might start doing that a little bit more oh yeah since when (laughs) what what do you mean since you haven't seen that in my chat what are you
2: talking about it's all the it's all the ladies ladies actually yeah
0: yeah. yeah, I'm sure Twitch is fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of the yeah. thing. It's like,
1: you know, the overlords at Twitch won't let me be nude on stream and it's like,
0: you can never win. There's always somebody on top, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Lady? Always somebody. Kenny,
0: I saw some uh I went to your Instagram and I Uh-oh. saw that you had a photo of a Nintendo Switch. Is that still the case?
2: It's I still have a Nintendo Switch. Yes. Okay, so
0: so uh what <laughs> I, I haven't. So this is like, just a, a little background on me. I'm like such the, an old picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. You really I really
2: hard creeped my I, Instagram. Hardcore, hardcore
0: creep. Anyone that comes on the show. So I got I got to do a full background <laughs> check to see who we're, who we're working with. He makes here. sure everyone has a Nintendo I you, I switch. I told you I don't trust anyone. So I got to do a, a, a deep a deep check into people's criminal records. No, but uh, I, I oh, went really? on there. Okay.
2: <laughs> so I'm- we also
1: wanted to talk about nineteen ninety six uh, when you were
2: four. Yeah, years oh, when old. I was four, yeah. Oh, I was just really a delinquent when I was four years old. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, so I saw you a Nintendo Switch, and so yeah, basically what I was saying is I am like a I am a video game uh, like novice. I pretty much only play Nintendo. I have a Nintendo oh, okay. sixty four and a Wii and a Switch. What are uh, a couple of your favorite? Um, I-, I can see them like they're literally like over here. That's why I'm I'm like looking over looking here, looking at it. Just yeah, I'm looking at it right <laughs> now. Um, what are some of your favorite Nintendo Switch games?
2: Oh man, I mean. I'm a a Legend of Zelda fan at my core. This is a tattoo of Zelda, and I have one on my forearm as well. Um, So obviously, like, Breath of the Wild was one of my favorite games for sure. Um, There's been a couple indie games I've played on uh, my Switch, actually, that I really quite enjoyed. Um, And then I mostly use mine to play with other people, to be honest. So, like... Mario Party (laughs) is another pretty big one. Um, I really, I just want them to do more Legend of Zelda remakes. To be honest, because Twilight Princess needs a switch port, it needs one. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I wish. I sorry, you go.
1: I was gonna say, are you in the camp that believes Ocarina of Time is the best game of all time?
2: Uh, I don't know if I believe it's the best game of all time, but it's a Extremely good game. I definitely, if you were to ask me what my f- like f- favorite game ever was, it's definitely in probably like my top top five. I want to say. Hmm. Okay. It's a great game. Don't give me that look.
0: I haven't played it actually. I, I really haven't. You either, are to be honest with you. I'm a- I'm a total
2: like Mario I wish someone person. had told me this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Mario, great franchise. Besides, apparently, some of them, but. Paper Mario, best Mario series. I You can't. I'm oh, sorry.
0: What are you, what's your take on uh, that, Steven? I mean, I definitely don't think it's the best Mario series. Oh, right. it's the best.
2: Oh, it's the best. Uh, we got to go fine. anyways. Thanks for being on the <laughs> show. don't uh. we get to play the credit game.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I I can't say anything. Like my, my favorite Mario games are just like the 3D platformers, but I've been loving the new Mario Party. I've been mm-hmm. playing that a lot lately.
2: Ugh. I haven't got to play the new, new one yet, but I want it so bad because it's such a throwback to the old one.
0: It's amazing. I've been playing it every single week.
2: Oh Wait, like by yourself?
0: No, I have friends. (laughs) (laughs) My brother will play with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, I just... Nintendo's like the one video game thing I can actually like weigh in on a little bit, so we gotta get it mm-hmm. in there.
1: We've played Rocket <laughs> League the... together a couple times, but uh... yeah, I'm really they have great.
2: Rocket League on the yeah.
0: Switch. Oh yeah, yeah, my I, I have, have a friend is champion.
2: Rise. If you want to like hook up with him and play, play yeah. some champion level Rocket League. That's what I need actually.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely what you need. I need some champion <laughs> level Rocket League players. What's
1: the level lower <laughs> than bronze? <laughs> 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 That's what he oh. needs.
2: Oh, oh my man. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Do we like move it. on to movie critics? Do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about before we get into this high stakes competitive brawl that is movie critics must go?
0: No, I'm ready for the competition. Competition time, baby. Is it
2: out of five, the ratings? I haven't been on there. We do. Th- yeah, yeah. It's out
0: of five. Yeah, it's out of five. <laughs> Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's out of five. Yeah, don't, can't go any higher <laughs> you know, than five. You know,
2: they're going to know you're cheating. I'm going to know you're cheating after.
1: <laughs> no, Rotten Tomatoes is a percentage. It's out of 100%. Oh,
2: okay, okay, a percentage.
1: Yeah. So okay. we and we use specifically the critic score. Um, mm. Mm. So think, think in the the mindset of a critic. So I guess we'll set the tone. We do this every week. Uh, movie Critics Must Go is a game where we take a synopsis of a movie And based on the synopsis alone, we have to guess what the movie critics rating is going to be on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, And uh, yeah, I've got a couple like random movies. I I did a holiday themed uh, plethora this time around. So we'll start off with three. Depending on the scoring, I have a tiebreaker. So if all three of us get one, you know, that last one, somebody will take the cake you know how that works. Anyways, let's okay. go on to this first okay. one. <laughs> I about one. taking cake. Yeah, you want some cake? I got it. Happiest season, <laughs> 2020. So this is a really recent one. This one is uh, a young woman with a plan to propose to her girlfriend while at her family's annual holiday party discovers her partner hasn't yet come out to her conservative parents. So this mm. is a this is a heavy hitter, probably a, mm-hmm. a pretty serious one. Um, but, uh, I'm guessing with a good message and, uh, it's a holiday movie as well. So Cammie, since you are the guest, you have the honors. What are your thoughts?
2: Uh, I actually have seen the video trailer for this, okay. uh, movie. Um, it is a bit of a, a comedy, um, <laughs> judging from the video trailer, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say 80, 82%.
1: 82 percent that's a that's a solid score and you're you're thinking that based on the the comedy aspects or what's what's your logic behind it
2: i think um i think it's a a movie that's still based around like ooh holiday season like bringing people home to the parents but it has still a different um like a different view on it like I don't know I'm remembering the video trailer so I feel like I might be having like a bit of a um I I don't want to say unfair advantage because it's probably going to get lower than what I'm saying but uh I don't know I think it's I think it's the comedy mixed with a bit of a different take on like taking someone home for Christmas
0: yeah okay Steven you want to give this So experience? I see this completely differently
2: oh. 2020
0: everyone knew the holidays were going to be garbage we got a worldwide pandemic going on And they have this movie that they know is going to do terrible because nobody cares about this movie. They have other things to worry about. And everyone knew that. So whether this movie was recorded before the pandemic or not, I I guarantee you they were just like, well, this movie is a lost cause. Did very little budgeting. Just enough for a couple Canadians to hear about this movie. (laughs) And at the end of the day, the four people who saw this movie thought it was garbage. (laughs) And the critics who saw the movie thought it was two piles of garbage, 11%. Oh. 11%! <laughs>
2: Damn! Jeez! Okay. <laughs> the explanation was 10 out of 10, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, he really hit that Canadian Democrat. Really, yeah.
2: really hit me where it hurts, in the, in the rural area where I live, and the, the one other person that still watches Netflix.
1: <laughs> All right. So I'm somewhere in between you two. Here's the thing. I feel like critics hate movies nowadays. I feel like it's like the only thing that's good is stuff that's back in the sixties <laughs> or the seventies or eight like anything modern I feel like is unless it's like Avengers Endgame or something, it's it it has a I tough like time it. with these critics. So I feel like it's probably a probably a solid movie from an audience perspective, but I'm guessing critics had a lot to say, especially when you get into Um, you know, more heavy topics, you know, Mm -hmm. when people consider things political and stuff, I I can see some stubborn critics be like, Oh, this, uh, you know, this was too preachy or whatever the heck it was. So I'm going to give this one a 62%, um, still a certified fresh score, but Mm -hmm. not, uh, not quite as optimistic (laughs) as... I'm not buying it. Can't be booed. too positive. I'm yeah. too positive. I don't know what to say. So here we go. Wow. This is an everything must go first. For the first time in the history of movie critics must go, our guest is the closest to the score, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: How- Wait, that's what it is?
0: Yeah, it's got an 82%. Oh! <laughs> You're dead I on. It
2: exactly. Oh. Wow.
0: <laughs> Seems highly suspicious. Sees the trailer. Yeah. Guesses the exact percentage. <laughs>
2: yeah. I he gave me the movies ahead of time, so I looked it up. <laughs> just because we needed a variance in your content here, you can't win all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay.
1: That's Pretty was, much every yeah. time Stephen loses a round, he's highly suspicious. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's like, "That's sus, dude. That's just ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right well there we go Damn. starting off hot cammy how are you feeling right now you're on a hot street great
2: Woo, i'm ready <laughs> i'm gonna jump in a hunt after this and then feel bad about myself
1: so. <laughs> bring you back down to earth okay so the next yep. one is called <laughs> carol it was made in 2015 uh therese belevé played by rooney mara spots the beautiful elegant carol played by kate blanchett perusing the doll displays in a 1950s Manhattan department store. The two women develop a fast bond that becomes a love with complicated consequences. So, oh, intense. Steven, you want to start on this one?
0: So, everyone knows before the Karen, there was the Carol. 2015 was the year of Carol. This was the year where <laughs> whenever you had someone in a store who wanted to see the manager... They were called the Carol. Um, that's why this movie was titled as such. Uh, once again, this movie seems like a little fluffy. And at the time, people, uh, I, I, I think, I think this movie is sort of ironic in the sense where people wanted to see it as as the joke that it was. Uh, I don't think it's a horrible movie, but I think that critics liked it more than they thought they were gonna like it. So I think they, they gave it like a 59%. 59%. All
1: right, Cam, you want to give it a shot?
2: So uh, honestly, when I first heard, uh, what was it, Dolls in a Department Store? Was that part of the thing? Yep. Uh, I'm, I immediately think horror movie, <laughs> even though it's about um, the relationship between um, like these two women or whatever. Uh, I'm kind of going to go on that line, even though I don't think it's right, and... Most, most uh, horror movies made after like 2005 are terrible. So, but I'm gonna say it gave someone the feel goods. I'm gonna say 61.
1: 61. What was yours again?
2: 59. Yours was 50. 50- yeah. No, wow. yours was 50. 50- it was 54. Okay, change it. 69.
1: Wait, you're going to 69 now?
2: Yeah, nice. <laughs> we need a larger variance between the numbers.
1: I thought you were just trying to cheat the system. I mean, no, mine's gonna be although a, that would have been much, smart much larger. Here's the thing: yeah. Kate Blanchett always crushes. Such yeah. a good actress. Honestly, I think anything she's in, critics are are fans of. And I think you know, I, I think this is a compelling story. I think that. Um, you know, unlike Cammie's pessimism might lead you to believe a horror movie, I feel like these dolls have a majesty to them, alright? And it brings that holiday festive spirit to life. Wrong. It's like a, it's a metaphor. We're all kind of dolls in the eyes of God or something, you know, that's... <laughs> I'm very suspicious
0: of your answer.
1: <laughs> I'm super suspicious. My answer is a 90%.
0: Oh wow, you think this okay. movie's that good? This movie did incredible. <laughs> oh, I'm confident I won this one.
2: I kind of think you won too.
0: Ninety-four percent baby.
1: Oh, okay. I knew it. Kate Blanchett, you can't go wrong with
0: Kate Blanchett. She's incredible.
2: I really was going along the lines if it was gonna be lower.
0: It's extremely sus. You were so close to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. <laughs> well, Steven, this is your your last chance to uh, to oh, it. make it a three-way tie. Or, Cammie could be our first guest winner.
2: Yeah.
1: Or, once again, I'll take it home. So, let's see here. Uh, Tangerine in 2015. Okay. After hearing that her boyfriend slash pimp cheated on her while she was in jail... <laughs> A sex worker and her best friend set out to find him and teach him and his new lover a lesson. So a bit of a vindictive story here. Okay, I'm going to go with this one first. Um, I think one thing that people are loving lately, well, I I think it's a formula for success anytime that you get a little bit of uh, vengeance in in a movie i you know you see this a lot with movies like taken um you know john wick like these intense movies where people are are out to get back at the people who did them wrong so i think there's that um what's that what's that movie too with bo burnham um i can't remember but anyways those movies i think are typically very successful not to mention i think that movies with uh Strong female leads, kicking ass especially, do pretty hot as well. You know, we're looking for that more because for so long it was just these James Bond-esque characters, uh, dudes beating up other dudes. So I think now women, strong women beating up dudes, that's match made in heaven, all right? So I'm going to give this one an 86%. I think this one... I think it's a, you know, it's not like the the drama that that last one was, so I don't think it's as high, but I do think that uh people liked it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Stephen, you want to go on this one? Yeah, I think that you're you're overcomplicating this one. This is this is an I easy sw- one for me.
2: I knew that was coming. I was um, like... It's
0: it's it's simple. So, we all know that critics love art even when uh it, it it's super pretentious. So a lot of times those, uh, those books that have the Newberry Book Award, it's like, how, how can this title have absolutely nothing to do with the story? So basically, the book will be or this, or like uh, the Blueberry Couch, but it's actually a story about the uh, civil rights movement. I think that this particular movie, being called Tangerine, and the fact that the substance in the movie seemed to have no correlation from the fruit it makes it clear to me that the critics love this movie. Absolutely mm-hmm. love this movie. So much. So much so that they gave this movie a 97%. Holy <gasps> crap. 97. The confidence. Wow. The
2: confidence.
1: That's, a, that's okay. a great score. All right. Wow. Cammy. Okay.
2: Um, my reasoning is very simple. and that we always love a feel-good movie about revenge. You know, you can't go wrong. So I'm, I'm giving it. I'm gonna say 78 because I think it's been, I think it's been done before. You know, I think, <laughs> I think the idea has been done. But we all love, we all love such a feel good movie. So that's very.
1: You know what? I is she a critic? This, this pretentious perspective. <laughs> you, yeah, this movie's been done before. I, I'm wondering if she was one of the critics writing the score is four rotten tomatoes and that's how she got that first one exactly right
2: i was you got it that's the conspiracy
1: holy crap
2: steven was right very sus yeah so (laughs)
1: 97 you said 78 and i said 86 that's what i said right yeah Yeah. (laughs) i forgot what i said here we go 96 (laughs) percent
0: <laughs> we have a three-way oh tie. God. first time in podcast history we have a three this is so obvious tangerine like as soon as i heard that i was like this is gonna be super acclaimed just watch wow that I mean your logic
1: it checks out we <laughs> can't say anything out. about
2: it like
1: so here's the tiebreaker. breaker we, we, this is two firsts on the podcast first cammy is the first guest to get one right And this is the first time we've had a three-way tie. So this is big. This one uh, this could be a momentous occasion. This one is called White Reindeer. It was made in 2013. After she is struck with an unexpected tragedy, Suzanne must find a way to put her life back together during the Christmas season. Cammie, once again, since you are the guest, you have the honors. Not a lot to work off this time.
2: It's really not a lot. It's like, okay, woman, trauma, Christmas. Like, that's, that's really, like, from 2013. It's almost Hallmark-esque. Hmm. Almost. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to have to go with, like, a maybe a gut feeling. Because, like, that really is not a lot. Like, I'm trying to be like, okay, last time the title really was, like, abstract and spoke to it. Not a huge abstract title. Reindeer still connected to Christmas. Do you want to hear the
1: actors before you get a score? Maybe that'll help at all.
2: Let's see. Sure. Why not?
1: Anna Margaret Holliman, Laura Lamar Goldsboro, and Lydia Hillslop. Some some mainstays in Hollywood. I've
2: never heard of any of them.
1: <laughs> I mean, no disrespect gonna... to, to them at all. but Oh, and it looks like this. No, never mind. I was gonna say it looks like a remake, possibly, but no. It's there's another movie called The White Reindeer. This is just White Reindeer.
2: Oh, okay. It's hard because like the title makes me want to watch it, but the actual story summary is so it gives nothing really away. You know, I'm I'm gonna say fifty four percent. Fifty four percent. I think it's been I think it's been done once again going off I think it's been done before and I just I don't know it's just I don't know I think I think a critic would not enjoy it
1: yeah well I'm gonna be a little more optimistic but not much more Mm. I do think that uh, I I don't know my, my thought process is if it was a good holiday movie you'd probably know about it And and I, I mean, I, I watch movies pretty regularly. Like I, I know a lot of movies, so I feel like especially, especially holiday ones, if it was something that was really good or had a really good actor, like I I'd be able to predict this one easier. I still feel like, you know, whether, whether it's been done or not that this has a good formula. So I think it's still certified fresh. But I don't think that it was super hot, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a sixty five
0: percent. Oh. Um, admittedly, I think this is one of the more difficult ones to try to piece together. The year was 2013, mm-hmm. and there's an adjective in front of the in front of reindeer. And up up to this point, my only knowledge of reindeer is there's one named Rudolph, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen. There's some other reindeer, Thanks, too. Leonardo, Raphael. Um. That So I don't have a lot to go off of here. Um, so I'm going to have to go with more of my gut instinct on this one. And I think you're right. We haven't really heard much about this movie. Came out in 2013, you know, a year where I probably saw some movies and clearly not this one. So I didn't think it was didn't look that good if I heard of it. No one told me about it. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's the worst movie, but I think it's worse than you guys think that it is. Oh. I think it's 45%. 45%.
2: Oh, it's really all close together.
1: (sighs) Wow. Well, this has been a very intense and incredible competition between the three of us. And, uh, you know, whoever comes out the victor, I think we can all appreciate... No. The, the the camaraderie that was built from this, the holiday spirit, uh, this is one of the most separate critic scores from audience scores.
2: Oh no! The
1: critics gave it high. a ninety percent, which makes oh, me the winner of this competition. <laughs> the audience score was fifty-two percent.
0: Yeah yeah that's what i thought well that's i think she I was closer to yeah but you get what i'm
2: saying
1: well there we go there we have it folks so close cammy so close to being the first guest winner of the show definitely still uh a day to remember uh not the band, but this actual podcast episode <laughs> where you got one of them right—first guest to ever do it—and you exactly can put that, right. you know, in your in your Twitch bio. I think you can put that down there now to, yeah. to go along with all your other accolades. Um,
2: that's how I'll—that's how I'll change my content for the money. I'll just start doing this really famous game. Yeah. yeah. No, it'll make world, you famous. World
1: famous. World famous. Yeah. World
2: famous. Okay, specifically. Yeah. Huge in Canada. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all, and i think Canada. last week uh steven said that uh, we're big in the philippines too oh, we're big in the, yeah <laughs> we're still the biggest in the
0: philippines <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man
2: well oh. <laughs> i forgot i said that
0: yeah.
1: anyways thank you so much for being on the show of where course. can people find you cammy uh
2: well obviously you can find me at twitch.tv slash cammy obviously because that's my main but i'm literally on everything else with the exact same username so if you want if you're on social media and you look up the name you'll find me i guarantee it
0: yeah it was really easy i found her instagram in like two seconds and you you stayed on the instagram for
1: 30 minutes yeah (laughs) um and just for our audience i'll put it in the description but if you need help with the spelling it's Cammy with two I's, Boo with two O's, okay. Coo with a C O O. So it's Cammy Boo Coo um, on, on all those K.
2: platforms. Not a C. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Cammy with the K. Since, well, this is also since it's a holiday episode. Everyone who is uh, out listening, stay safe for the holidays. Enjoy time with family, loved ones, friends, pets, whoever you want to spend time with. The abominable snowman. I don't know what they do in Canada, exactly. but enjoy. It. Yeah,
2: we do very different things. Yeah, very <laughs> different things than time with family. Yeah, a lot very, very, very of watching different.
0: movie critics must go highlights.
2: <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of that. The Tim Hortons on the corner puts it on every week. Yeah, yeah they're big we all eat our well. our, our Tim Beebs and our double doubles.
1: Yeah, we actually have an ambassadorship with Tim Hortons. We wanted to talk about that right now. Um, Basically, 15% (laughs) off if you put in EMG pod at checkout.
2: (laughs) At checkout.
1: (laughs) Just go up to the cash and be like, "Uh, yeah, I'll get this EMG pod. Code EMG pod. (laughs) See how that works for you
2: they'll do it when they're trying to buy all the justin bieber merch all the new tim hortons bieber merch they'll be like oh yeah umg pod yeah yeah i'll get 50 percent off of this uh, fucking bieber box right <laughs> perfect
1: <laughs> awesome well thank you guys so much for listening and uh we'll be back next week take it easy
0: everybody I'm holding-